Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, we are on during the day. Uh, Tuesday night, we had a snafu with the phone lines, but we're back here live, Long Talk Radio. It's October 11th. This is week six of the NFL season. My name is Michael Nazareth. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And of course, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, very experienced fantasy writer and player, uh, Chris Rito. How are you doing this afternoon, Chris? Yeah, this afternoon, this morning for you. It's not late this evening. It's all it's all messed up. I'm so used to talking late on Tuesday nights, and now it's the middle of the work day for, for those of us that have jobs that aren't as fun as fantasy football. Uh, it's the middle of the work day for me and middle of late in the morning for you, so we'll we'll, we'll muddle through and we'll We'll get all caught up on fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of players to target on the waiver wire, and everyone wants to know what they should do. So let's get right into the news and notes and all these injuries. Okay, first let's start in Miami with Devon Achan, the rookie running back, injured his knee. Uh, as of last night, he was expected to miss multiple weeks. Well, they put him on IR today. This is one of the advantages of doing the show a little bit later. He's out four-plus weeks. Raheem Mostert there, Jeff Wilson, possibly coming off IR this week. Uh, Sal- Salvin Ahmed is also an option there. What's your thoughts on uh, for fantasy, Chris, on this situation? Well, for, for this week, I think it's going to be Mostert. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. I mean, because I just don't think they're going to activate Wilson off the IR and give him a huge workload akin to that 50-50 split that, that the rookie was, was getting. But I think he's going to be a real factor down the road, uh, maybe as early as next week. Um, Ahmed is, is interesting. I think he'll probably be the the primary backup, if it's not Wilson today, he'll be the primary backup. Um, but uh, I think uh, Wilson is the guy you want to go get off the waiver wire, I mean, if you're going to get somebody, because he's certainly going to be that number two guy in a high-potency offense. And he's sh- and the coach has already shown that they, he loves the guy, and he's going to put him right in. He ran for like 900 yards with what he had, like eight touchdowns or four touchdowns in eight games right off the bat last year. So I, I think he's going to get mm-hmm. action. And he's going to be the guy to, to compliment Mostert and definitely the injury back up to Mostert, who, again, has not exactly been the picture of health in his career either. Yeah, that's right. Actually, we're kind of surprised that Mostert's actually stayed healthy 
unlike his former teammate uh, Elijah Mitchell's once again injured with a knee injury. These guys get knee injuries almost every other week. Uh, moving on over to Arizona, another running back that everyone owns uh, that has drafted him, of course, is James Conner. He uh, had a long run and uh, got twisted around, got popped pretty good, and landed awkwardly and uh, injured his knee. He's been placed on, on injured reserve. you got a couple of options there, of course, uh, in the in the uh, aftermath of uh, Keontae um, Ingram's uh, neck injury, it was rookie Amari DiMarcado that came into the game, got all the carries and such, and got a score. So what's the fantasy impact moving forward, uh, Chris, with uh, James Conner on IR now in Arizona? Yeah, with Conner being not exactly the picture of health either over his career, a lot of people drafted Keontae to, to back him up uh, to, as an injury handcuff. But it was, became evident even before his injury that DiMarcado was kind of starting to take over. I saw a stat last night. There's something along the lines of 17-0 to zero in snaps on third down that DiMarcado had over Williams when they were both active. So clearly DiMarcado was, was the, the third down back at least. And now I think is going to be the guy, even if, if uh, Kante comes back, to be the, the lead back in this offense. And this offense has been shown to, to support a lead back. Now, he's not James Conner, but he's, he's capable, and he's definitely the guy of the two if, if – Keontae Ingram has been dropped and is out there in the waiver wire. He's the guy you want to go get, for sure, in my opinion, uh, rather than Keontae. You want to get Amari DiMarcado. Okay. And then, of course, the big news at wide receiver, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, for the first time, I think, in his history of playing football, it seemed like I remember seeing them saying that he's never gotten injured in high school or college and, of course, in the pros. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings uh, injured his hamstring, and they placed him on IR uh, fingers are crossed that it's done become like a Cooper Cup situation where it's dragged out for half the season. But uh, obviously you got K.J. Osborne there. You've got the rookie Jordan Addison. Uh, then you've got Brandon Powell, who will probably be the number three wide receiver there. But what, if you're a fantasy owner, and let's say that Addison's out there, Addison and, and Osborne, you like Addison better? What, who, what's the situation? What, what do you like, uh, Chris, here? Well, certainly Addison has got the better pedigree and has got more, more actual talent than Osborne, um, and he's going to be the guy. He showed that by getting a lot of action, including in the red zone, after Jefferson went out. This could be a really big deal, and it could, it could be more than these four weeks. Like you said, it's not just the risk of re-injury, but the Vikings are one and four. They're, they're already three games back in their own division, uh, a division that they could have won. If they start to approach the, the trade deadline, you know, one and six, one and seven over the next few weeks, it's a very real possibility they could trade Kirk Cousins, which I think probably takes a big bite out of Jefferson's value. He's still a starter, don't get me wrong. But it also may make them a little more cautious with him. Why bring a guy back right away for a one and seven team that you're thinking of trading your trading away your quarterback and, and kind of rebooting? This could be a longer term deal than just these four weeks. So I think you definitely need to make sure you've got uh, you've got your, your ducks in a row here and don't assume Jefferson's gonna come back right away and be the stud that he was. Yeah, that's the other thing is that I, I uh, saw this. That he's eligible for a contract extension, so Jefferson's looking for 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 money, and they haven't done anything on that on that yet. So he's he might end up taking his time coming back, even if Kirk Cousins not traded because he wants to make sure he's healthy by the end of the season. So there's a whole bunch of things that could go wrong here. But I think in immediate uh, in the immediate uh, uh, aftermath of this, obviously I think Addison Addison's a bit more valuable than Osborne. But if Osborne's out on your waiver wire, uh, pick him up because he be immediately becomes a, a solid WR three with WR two upside. All right, one more move here to talk about before we get. To 
to a limited uh, injury list here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they traded for Rams uh, wide receiver extra player Van Jefferson, who basically played two snaps when Cooper Cup returned for the Rams last week. Uh, uh, Sean McVay said, hey, we're going to do everything we can to get, you know, to, to do right by Van, and now he's a Falcon. So what happens with Van Jefferson in Atlanta, Chris? Uh, is he the number two, number three? What's going on there? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's it's not a high-potency passing offense anyway. So I would say for the rest of this year, I wouldn't get too excited about him, uh, whether he's the number two or the number three there. But I think from a dynasty perspective, it's a really interesting move because this is a team that has a young quarterback that may or may not be their future. They've got a young tight end. They've got, you know, now Drake London, who's a young guy. But they really their, their offense was kind of stagnant otherwise, aside from those guys, and they really weren't explosive. This is a speed guy with a, with a fairly high draft pedigree that played for you know with some good good teammates and has learned about the position that just didn't have a place in St. Or St. Louis <laughs> with the L.A. Rams. And uh, I, I think he might actually fit in as a number two here starting next year. It would be real interesting if either Desmond Ritter develops or they go another way and get an, a higher profile quarterback where, where he's now a number two, a clear number two on an offense that, that could really use him and his unique skill set as compared to the other guys on the roster. I would say to people that if you've got Van Jefferson on your lineup in your lineup uh, on your roster, that is, and uh, he's the only guy that you can afford to drop, and somebody's out there like a, a KJ Osborne, I think I would make that move to drop Van Jefferson for KJ Osborne. But I, otherwise, if you just you know like I'm not sure, there's not anyone out there that I really want to pick up or whatnot, I don't really need. Then you know I'd hold uh, Van Jefferson, see exactly what mm-hmm. the Falcons do with him, kind of stash. Uh, uh, stash him away, and uh, you know, obviously, you don't want to start him. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they do with him over the next uh, several weeks here. All right, let's get right to the injuries here, and of course, we're going to be updating them as they uh, happen, uh, and the injury reports come out today on the site ffmastermind.com. But uh, Justin Herbert's coming off that bye with that hand; he's expected to start this week. We'll see if he fully practices or takes some time off, but it's it should be an issue. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, the note here was out indefinitely. Well, obviously, he's out for at least four weeks because it just put him on IR today with that shoulder. So Gardner Minshew is going to be starting. That's supposedly good news for Josh Downs because he always excels when Minshew's in the lineup. So if, if Downs is out on your waiver wire, you might, might want to pick him up because he's going to be seeing some uh, good action here over the next month. Uh, Geno Smith with that knee injury uh, had the bye. Uh, have not heard anything about him. So we'll see if he practices this week and starts. I'm going to assume that he does, but who knows. Deshaun Watson with that shoulder is not going to practice today. Uh, they just announced it. Very, very iffy to play this week, and they play the 49ers, so it looks like it'll be P.J. Walker, not, not DTR, starting. Daniel Jones definitely was, uh, will not practice today with that neck injury. He's listed as day-to-day, although there's still optimism that he could play later this week. Um, moving to the running back position on the same team, Saquon Barkley with an ankle. He was fairly close to playing last week, so there's a good chance he'll come back and play this week, and they really need him this week. Austin Eckler, for everyone out there, I am on a main event team in the FFPC, very important play. Player, right. All right. Well, he practiced on Tuesday, looked really good with the ankle, and he said on his podcast there's a 99% chance he'll play on Monday night's important game against the Cowboys. So I think you can see Eckler uh, on the field uh, once again. Jameer Gibbs with that hamstring injury, late scratch, light, late last week. We'll see if he can practice this week and play. Devonta Williams with the quad looked like he was uh, fairly close to playing, and of course then they sat him. Why? Because they play this Thursday night. And so he was limited on Monday. Uh, it, I think they didn't even practice. They just put him down as limited. We fully practiced yesterday. So it looks like he's going to uh, go this week, which will make that RBBC an ugly three-man 
BBC for Denver against the Chiefs. Not not necessarily a good play for any of them. I'm on St. Brown with an Adam. Uh, there's a pretty good chance he plays this week, according to head coach Dan Campbell. We'll see. Uh, hopefully he can get on the practice field and start him. Uh, Chris, you and I need him in uh, in Fanex there. Uh, anyway, T. Higgins with a rib injury. Uh, we'll see if he can play this week. Did not play last week. If he's not, Trenton Irwin, someone who you guys want to pick up. Mike Evans with a hamstring. They said it was a minor injury. He had a week to sit. Uh, kind of like uh, the note here is likely to play. We'll see if he can practice. If not, then Chris Godwin's value goes way up. Deontay Johns with a hamstring. Why am I mentioning him? He's on a bye this week, right? Well, they talked to him and said, yeah, I'm healthy, ready to go, good to go when we come back after the bye in week seven. So uh, keep that in mind. If you own him, hopefully you'll get him back this week, just like I own uh, Deontay Johnson and Eckler in one league. So <laughs> I'm waiting. Tank deal with a concussion. We'll see if he can practice uh, this week, but uh, usually guys that have concussion, almost everyone has missed at least one game. I think there was one instance where somebody got a concussion. Actually, Musgrave uh, was a couple weeks ago, uh, had a concussion on Thursday night and then came back and played on Monday night. So, uh, you know, but usually a week they sit at least one one week. Zay Jones uh, re-injured his knee uh, in London. Uh, he's considered day-to-day. We'll see if he can play. Traylon Burks with the knee. He could start running this week. That doesn't mean he's going to play. We'll monitor him and practice. Travis Kelsey with the ankle, he gutted it out, came back on Sunday's game. He was uh, sat on Monday. Uh, of course, they, I don't think they practiced. And then yesterday he was limited, so he's kind of moving in the right direction. And, of course, they need him. So I would probably expect him to play. We'll see. And Juwan Johnson with the calf, who knows? Uh, who, I guess the maybe question is, who really cares? Juwan Johnson, they signed him to a big contract extension. And, of course, when you bring in a new quarterback, he likes his other guys, like Foster Moreau, Jimmy Graham. Everyone scored, but uh, Juwan Johnson. So you sit him, even if he plays this week. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, all viewers, listeners, please go to ffmastermind.com to check out our website. Lots of good free stuff there, including our free flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, updated on a daily basis with all the free agency, uh, well, free agency, any moves regarding the NFL, IR, and such like that. Of course, all our premium information includes our injury uh, quick bits and such, and the more important ones we post out there, and I give my opinions and such. The opinions, of course, are premium. You can check out our newsletters. Uh, they're uh, reduced to $19.95 for the rest of the season, price of a pizza, uh, expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature. Uh, added a drop list of 21 players I would immediately drop off my uh, roster, including my boy, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Get rid of him if you got him. Uh, anyway, uh, for more rankings, of course, for the week, 
week. We're going to be releasing them later this afternoon, uh, early evening. Uh, our fourth one injury report's updated almost on a daily basis, and of course, all the injuries updated every day on the site. Premium injury quick bets. Uh, we're also release flex rankings, update those on Saturday uh, along with the other rankings, and of course, uh, er- everything uh, on there uh, is good stuff. So try us out uh, for the rest of the season for only 19.95 if you can, and of course, you can also check out the site for free Sky scanner reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. All right, and follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. So let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to seriously consider getting into your starting lineup or pulling from your starting lineup because of the situation or injury or whatnot. So, all right, Chris, a couple quarterbacks you like this week and why. I love Matt Stafford this week. He's looked like his old self again. He may have his best total wide receiver crew he's ever had in his career with Cooper Cup back. Now they've got Puka and Tutu and Higby, oh my. Uh, and so I think they're going to be content to run the offense through his eyes and through his arm. Um, he's actually consistently posted 17 to 19 points per game, and they finally just had his first multi-touchdown game with Cup back. Get used to that. All of his metrics say he should have thrown a lot more touchdowns, so he's due for some big upward touchdown regression. Meanwhile, Arizona has allowed the fourth most points at a crazy 72% completion rate while playing a pedestrian slate of opponents. So I think he locks Stafford in as one of the high-floor options this week. And then a really sneaky play, if you're, especially if you're in a big league and there's nothing out there in your waiver wire, uh, think about Tyrod Taylor uh, on Sunday night. Uh, he's been a sneakily effective NFL and fantasy quarterback when he's been given a chance over the years, and he's probably going to return to the starting lineup this week to face the team he had his only long-term success with. Remember, he averaged 20 points per game for three seasons as the Bills starter from 2015 to 17. He threw 51 touchdowns and only 16 picks and ran for 14 scores. And the Bills have been lit up in consecutive weeks by some more mobile quarterbacks, and he had a, they had a huge pile of injuries on defense in London. Ever since they lost Tredavious White, they've really struggled, and they lost a bunch more guys in London. Don't underestimate the travel impact on them as well. So I think Taylor could be a waiver wire fill-in or a cheap DFS flyer if he's in the lineup. And if something happens and Jones turns out to be a full go, I think he's a decent play, but I like a healthy and motivated Tyrod better. Okay. I uh, like Matthew Stafford this week and moving forward, too. I've got him as a backup People laughed at me about that, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I feel pretty good about that. All right, a couple guys I like this week. Uh, I think Dak Prescott uh, finally gets off the schneid. Uh, it's going to be a big game on Monday night against the Chargers. Chargers defense not very good. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think he throws at least multiple touchdowns in this game, two, three scores. Uh, he, he's going to have to use the passing game here. It's a good game for C.D. Lamb and such, and Jake Ferguson. And maybe even Brandon Cooks makes an impact this week. We'll see. Doesn't mean I'd start him, but, you know, uh, hold on to Cooks. Uh, I think things are going to get better there. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to get it done against the Colts. I know uh, he hasn't been doing that great for fantasy, but he hasn't been throwing up any stinkers. Uh, top 20 points last week. I think he gets closer to 25 this week. So if you got him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not, I hate to say it, but Derek Carr is really look, uh, looking good as a Raiders quarterback, and he's not anymore. Jimmy's just struggling, and the Patriots have only given up five touchdown passes in five games this season. Uh, that's not a formula for success for Garoppolo. Um, Adams is still not 100%. Uh, should get him more involved there. But uh, I just don't see even a 20-point game for Garoppolo this week. And, of course, Deshaun Watson with that uh, shoulder injury coming off that bye. It's, he's got bruising around the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the sprain there, uh, the shoulder, uh, the clavicle and such. So uh, I'm not even sure if he's going to play. And, of course, they play the tough 49ers, so you sit Deshaun Watson this week. How about you, Chris? Uh, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's been a godsend so far for people to draft him as a backup. He's been borderline QB1 most weeks, 
Uh, but like all rookies, he's very matchup dependent, even though he's proven himself not to be game script dependent. He's had three games that are around 24, 25 points against teams rated in the bottom 10 pass defense. But his two games against teams in the top 10, he's averaging under 16 points per game in those. This week he faces the top 10 Saints defense, fresh off their pummeling of Mac Jones. Seems like a low probability of success this week. And then my caution play of the week is Justin Herbert. Um, you're surely starting him anyway, but Herbert faces that Dallas defense that was embarrassed last week and one that has allowed under 16 points per game to quarterback this year until that debacle. So I think Dallas also has been surprisingly easy to run on, and the Chargers are going to be getting Eckler back this week, so I think maybe a lower volume game for Herbert than you might expect. He's actually struggled coming out of the bye the last two seasons, going under 17 points each time, and he has been markedly worse for fantasy at home, averaging about 12% less fantasy points than he does on the road. So again, play him, but don't be surprised if this is one of his lower game totals, especially if the thumb injury I haven't even talked about flares up at all and is an issue. Okay, how about running backs? A couple of running backs you like and why? I love Raheem Mostert this week. I mean, he's, yeah, he's been a top scorer, but I think he actually could challenge for the number one guy uh, this week. Um, he, the rookie's out, Devon H.I.N. Uh, Mostert's going to get lead dog action against the sorry, winless Panthers, who have allowed the most rushing scores, the second most PPR points, and the third most rushing yards. Speed backs have been particularly good against them, and Mostert is about the speediest one playing with, with Devon H.I.N. out. Uh, Ahmed or Wilson might be back to spell him, but I think it's not going to be a straight timeshare like he's been. So look out, dial in Mostert as a possible RB1 overall this week. And then a sneakier play is Cam Akers. Um, I remember mentioning him as a roster stash a few weeks ago on this podcast. He, he had about 25% of the snaps and touches of Madison in week four, then about 50% as many uh, t- and, and just as many touches in week five. So his role is growing and growing. And with the Bears on tap this week, there's opportunity here, even an even split, to have solid value, which is what I might have kind of expect this week. PPR is especially valuable as they've allowed the most running back receptions, yards, and touchdowns so far. So well, I think Cam Akers is a, is a guy you can maybe sneak in. Might be available on the waiver wire in 12 or definitely in 10-team leagues. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, oh, the Chiefs, they, guess what? They played the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's see, Brees Hall. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, uh, Mostert. Uh, John, I mean, all these guys ran for major yards. Uh, Pacheco, you know, of course, is not a workhorse back, but he'll see plenty of carries, enough uh, to break one, and I think he's going to obviously score in this game against the uh, Broncos. Uh, the front defense just non-existent. So uh, you got him, stick him in your lineup, of course. James Cook coming off a nightmare game in London against the Jaguars. All, he's going to rebound in a big way against my Giants. You can't stop the run, as opposed to <laughs> we saw with that, John, again last week. So, Cook is going to follow in his footsteps and score probably in this game, uh, or at least put up a lot of yardage so you want to start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Damian Pierce, Hunts uh, in uh, Houston. <laughs> Tough sledding against the Saints. That run defense is very good. I think you'll probably see somewhere between 30 and 50, 60 yards rushing, maybe a catch or two. Uh, that's not good for fantasy. Uh, so if you've got a better option, sit them. Jerome Ford for Cleveland, wow. The 49er defense, uh, you see what they did with Tony Pollard last week. And, of course, if Watson's not playing, there's even more focus here. Uh, I don't expect Ford to get much in this game, so if you can, sit him. Um, how about you, Chris, a couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about and why this week? Well, Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, what can you say? The Patriots' offense is in a major funk. Nothing looks good there. Stevenson's been particularly disappointing in both his efficiency and his snap and touch share, which has evolved into a straight – 
50-50 RBBC recently. The Raiders, meanwhile, have been pretty decent against the fantasy running back, allowing only one rusher to top 75 yards so far, and they're on the lower end of stats allowed in, uh, to the passing games to the backfield. So I don't think they're going to run away with it, so I don't think the Raiders are going to force New England to the air, which could give Ramondre a slight edge and snaps over Zeke. I would just stay away if I could, or at least greatly reduce expectations for a guy drafted as a top 10 running back that's sitting at RB50 over the last three weeks. And then a caution play for me is Brian Robinson. No one has allowed fewer PPR fantasy points to the running back this year than the Falcons. Seriously, that shocked the heck out of me when I saw that. The Falcons. And with only 12 catches and 75 yards uh, as receivers to backfield, the PPR value is shockingly low here for a guy that likely needs to rely on volume or pass catching to avoid being anything more than a touchdown-dependent RB3. Over the last three weeks against a pretty generous fantasy defense to the running back, he's had good volume and even scored once, and he was still a remotely a low RB3 for PPR. So I'm just staying away from this one until I see some consistently better productivity. Okay, how about a wide receiver? A couple of guys you like and why? Uh, the super hot Gabe Davis. Um, even with Diggs playing off the charts, Davis has been a fringe wide receiver one for the last uh, four consecutive games, where he's, and he's posted a touchdown in four consecutive games. Seven touchdowns in his last nine games against NFC foes as well. So I think he's got some, some trends here. It's hard not to like anyone against the Giants, of course, uh, when you look at the fact they've allowed the third most wide receiver touchdowns so far, and they've been worse than that in the last three games. So uh, it's also hard not to like anyone on the Bills as they're likely unhappy about losing across the pond. I think they're going to take it out on those hapless G-men. Uh, and then I like Josh Downs. You mentioned him earlier. He's clearly become the second receiving option here in Indy, no matter who's under center. But with Minshew in there, he's a strong number one option for the boys in blue. Uh, I, I like the check down, the underneath accurate passing game of Minshew. He's right into Downs' slot wheelhouse. And he's looking like a great high-volume option against a team that has been just peppered by underneath passing for the last few seasons, especially against the Colts. Their slot corner has allowed a near-perfect passer rating this season and about an 80% completion rate. So I really like Downs. He was a leading target with 12 in the only other game that Minshew started a few weeks ago. So I think the game plan should be more of the same. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Chris Godwin uh, coming off that bye. Uh, Mike Evans uh, may or may not play in this game with that hamstring, but he won't be 100% healthy. That means everything is going to be shifting more towards Chris Godwin. Uh, the Lions can be beat via the air. I think he, I think Godwin gets his first touchdown this week, so if you got him, start him. And also Drake London. Uh, I think he's going to burn the Commanders for a score. We saw what D.J. Moore did against the Commanders last week, and Drake London is the number one in Atlanta, so I think he's going to have a good game this week, so start him with confidence. A couple guys I'm really concerned about. Uh, I say, Jan Dotson almost made my uh, drop list. Uh, not quite yet. He's like Brandon Cooks. Maybe a couple more weeks. We'll see what happens. Unfortunately, it's just not a priority. You would think that uh, with uh, Sam Howell throwing for 355 yards last week that Dotson would get more than 30, but I don't think he's top 40 this year at all. He's got one touchdown in the last play of the game against the Eagles. Other than that, he's just not a priority. I think his target share is about 10%. Think about that. That means he gets three targets for every 30 passes Sam Howell throws. That's not a formula for fantasy success, so I sit him this week. And Amari Cooper, and this is mostly based on a couple of reasons. First of all, Deshaun Watson with a shoulder injury, probably not going to play the way it looks. He's not practicing today. Uh, P.J. Walker, really the Cooper. And then the fact that they're playing the 49ers, forget it. Uh, I think you got to sit Cooper this week if at all possible. I'd give him a caution play tag. So if you if you start them, you're crossing your fingers. Hopefully they get around the goal line on the five or ten yard line. He catches one in the corner or something like that. But I wouldn't count on it. All right, Chris, how about you? Uh, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? 
Uh, Cortland Sutton, he's been a bit of a breath of fresh air with his return to fantasy relevance this year. But I think this is going to be a down week for him on short week. The Chiefs have been pretty good against the top targets for opposing teams, and they've been particularly good against guys on the outside and more susceptible to the slot guys. So I think he's going to struggle to find room, as he always has in this matchup, in fact. Sutton has never scored against this divisional rival in his six years in the AFC West, and he has a total of only 14.2 PPR points against Kansas City since 2019. Wow, that's amazingly low. Some guys just have that one team that always kicks them down, and this is it for Cortland Sutton. And another caution play is Josh Palmer, even though I, I, we recommended we go get him off the waiver wire. He's going to have big weeks. I just don't think this is the week for it. Um, the Cowboys have allowed the second fewest wide receiver fantasy points in PPR so far and only seven wide recep- receiver receptions per game so far this year. They've been particularly good against number two targets, allowing next to nothing and no t- touchdowns to them at all. So I think there's going to be a smaller aerial pie this week, like I mentioned for Herbert. So I just can't see Palmer sneaking ahead of Allen and Eckler or the tight ends in the red zone. So, again, value add for the rest of the season, not a fan this week. Yeah, it's interesting because I've got that uh, a choice between Palmer and Jake Ferguson in that Monday night game, and we're going to be going with Ferguson uh, in that game. Um, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? I uh, like Evan Ingram this week. Only five teams have allowed more tight end receptions so far this year than have the Colts, and only two have allowed more tight end targets. Uh, Ingram, as well, has been very solid against his division rival. He's averaged six grabs per game against Indy in his career, never having less than five. He has a very high PPR floor, even without finding the end zone. And while the Colts have not yielded an end zone trip to a tight end yet, they have allowed red zone targets in the last two weeks and 10 targets in total to the tight end as well. So I think it's just a matter of time. And then I I like Ellis Goddard this week. I I usually tend to assume the Eagles pass catchers will not do well in consecutive games. They they usually alternate in recent years. And I know he's coming off the game in which Goddard had eight for a buck 17 and a score, became the first tight end to top the century mark all year. But this is more about the fact that he gets to take on the Jets. They have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends so far and a league-leading five tight end touchdowns, including at least one in four straight games to a tight end. I think you roll with Dallas Goddard for one more week. Yeah, that, that's an interesting stat you just said, uh, the fact that Dallas Goddard was the very first uh, tight end this season to top 100 yards in week five, and that's like the latest that's happened in for, uh, like forever, going back to the 1990s or 1970s or 80s or something. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. So, in other words, people, if you've got somebody like Sam Laporta that scores touchdowns, uh, don't trade them. Keep them. All right, a couple of uh, tight ends I like this week. Tyler Conklin, uh, he's basically almost become the de facto number one target for the Jets and Zach Wilson. The Eagles are far from the best against the tight end, so I think Conklin's going to catch at least four passes in this game, so if you need him, start him. And Logan Thomas, uh, yeah, he's playing like the old Logan Thomas when he's healthy and not like Jordan Reed, who always is never healthy. So as long as Thomas is healthy, he's hot, and the Falcons struggle against the tight end, so I start Logan Thomas this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Dalton Schultz, the Saints really locked down the opposing tight end. I know Schultz has scored a couple weeks in a row, but I'm not uh, crazy about his uh, prospects for this week. And Chiki Okonkwo, uh, Tennessee, I think he's going to – you should just forget it. Against a tough Ravens tight end defense, they don't allow anything there either. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about this week and why? Yeah, I'm going to make your, uh, your, your Monday night uh, call even harder. I, I have Palmer on my flick list. I got Jake Ferguson on my flick list as well. <laughs> I think this is much about the entire Dallas offense struggling. But I do see Ferguson is likely to have another down week. He's losing some snaps to the bevy of other tight ends on the roster. And without the volume that was notable for him earlier, his floor drops a little bit. And his ceiling really isn't there because of his slot in the pecking order. The Chargers also have been very stingy to the tight end mostly because they've been very generous on the ground and very generous on the outside to the primary receiver. So I just don't see Ferguson having a lot of upside this week. 
And then uh, a caution play was David Njoku. Um, the Niners gave up a big seven-catch day to Zach Ertz a few weeks ago, and only 13 catches of the tight end of the other four games combined. They really shut it down, and also because the tight end needs to stay in and help block a little bit. I just don't feel real good about Njoku this week, even if Deshaun Watson was at full speed, with there being a very good chance at DTR or P.J. Walker under center. I'm even more nervous. Uh, it's also worth noting that coming out of a bye week, Njoku was not practicing on Monday for an undisclosed reason, so I, I haven't heard anything yet today, so just be aware of that. Could just be due to the nasty burns he got on, on the week prior on his hands and face, but, you know, he is, he's not in full health either. Yeah, I think that that was probably the reason. We will see, though, if he practices the rest of this week. All right, uh, it's time for one hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. I uh, like Matt Prater, the veterans kicking under a roof against a team that's allowing three field goals per game. Uh, and they're also missing their goal line hammer, so that might make them settle for field goals a bit more. Distance also a plus with Prater. And then uh, speaking of distance, I like Joey Sly. Uh, Falcons have allowed the most fantasy kicking points the last two weeks and multiple field goals in four straight games, so Joey Sly could be a sneaky play. A couple of defenses I like. I like the Dolphins, obviously, against Carolina. Why wouldn't you? I'd like you and me and nine other guys off the street against the Carolina offense. But uh, them and their rookie quarterback is vulnerable. A lot of people picked up Miami for last week against the Giants and this week to roll up against Carolina. Do it. And then I like Atlanta uh, at home against Washington. Washington has the second most sacks allowed and the most turnovers allowed. But you've got to be feeling ballsy and lucky because Atlanta has scored five fantasy points in the last four games total. This is just a prime matchup for them to get them off the waiver wire if you need somebody. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thanks, everyone, for, uh, jo- for joining us. Uh, the, for Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 7 preview. Yeah, more than 30% done. Good night, uh, good afternoon, good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!